Good morning, everyone. This is Julian Palumbo in Spirit with us. Well, it's December of 2019, and we're looking forward to Christmas. And um, I know this is a controversial topic for Christians. Some do not believe in celebrating the um, worldly Christmas. I, on the other hand, take the viewpoint that it's a chance to lift Jesus up and any chance we get in this world to lift up our Lord Jesus Christ, we should take it. And as for me and my family, we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ's birthday and how God broke in to this earth and to this world by putting on, climbing into a human little human body and deciding to walk around on the face of the earth as one of us to show us not that he needed to do that but he did need to show us look I understand what it feels like to be human I've walked around and lived life in a human body with all the emotions and feelings and everything that goes with it felt all the temptations never gave in to any of them but really felt them and he was hungry, thirsty, tired, you name it. Um, he was one of us for our example and also to show us beyond shadow of a doubt that God understands us and uh, he loves us. And he took our sins on his body on the cross, died a horrific torture death um, that was beyond description um, for our sins in our place so that we don't have to go to a hell permanently, a place made for the devil and his angels cut off from God, uh, was never meant for humans because Adam and Eve were never meant to sin. They, they always had a free choice, never to sin, to turn away, to obey God and walk with him in a beautiful existence. And that's what God wanted. But he also had to give us free will so that we could have a choice and not be puppets, not be just uh, robots, because you can't have a relationship with a robot. It's just predetermined, pre-mechanical. Uh, there's nothing alive there. There's no life. Without choice and free will, there's really no life. It's dead. It's just you echoing your own words back to yourself. That is not a relationship. So anyway, uh, we do celebrate the, the fact that God climbed into a human body and came to this earth on Christmas Day. And it is a, a wonderful Bible story how the Magi came from the east to worship him and saw his star. There really was a star of Bethlehem. That's uh, scientifically documented. And, um, it's just, it's an amazing, an amazing thing that all the people in the old Testament look forward to that happening. And all of us in the new Testament look back to that happening, that we still put our calendars, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ changed all of human history. And no matter how much, uh, people may hate him, love him be indifferent to him. Even we do our calendars 
A.D., meaning after the Lord was born. That's Latin. I, I believe it's An Annus Domini, something like that, A.D., and uh, B.C., before Christ. Now, why that's in English and the other one is in Latin, that's a good question. I just realized that. But we do, before Christ and after Christ was born, the whole human calendar is based on that, at least uh, in a good part of the world. So anyway, um, today the Lord just put a message on my heart, um, and uh, we're just going to, first of all, I wanted to quickly say um, oh, how to put this, the the enemy, the devil, Satan has clouded everyone's mind. If you say to someone, well, I mean, not that you go around saying this, nobody does that I've ever heard of, but if you did say, look, I think you need prayer for deliverance. I think you may have some demons. I think that you're being demonized. Wow. I mean, wouldn't you take that as a huge insult? I think most people in today's world would take that as a gigantic insult. And you would get up in arms and you'd be like, what? Who are you to say that to me? Get lost. <laughs> like, who the heck do you think you are to say that to me? Demonize? Get, get out of here. So, yeah, the Satan has set it up so that even the hint of that being um, said to us is we find insulting, revolting, and we would just probably react in anger to the person. Well, that's completely wrong, and it is not insulting, and it's not a put down of anyone. As I've said in a previous podcast, we walk through this world and this earthly life among a sea, a literal soup of demons. The Bible clearly says that Satan and his demons um, inhabit this atmosphere that we also share with them, this the surface of the earth, but they can also go into the second heaven, which is the next heaven above this one, space, and also it's a spiritual place. The, uh, the spiritual level between this world and heaven itself where God dwells the third heaven. Biblically speaking, if you do search the scriptures, you'll find that God dwells in the third heaven. Satan has free reign and free access to our earth, the first heaven, when we look up and see the moon, the stars, and the sun, and the clouds. That's our first heaven. And then the second heaven is between the first and the third, okay? It may include space. We don't know. But a lot of people think that it does. So it's it's a spiritual thing and it's also a dimensional thing. Uh, you can think of it as first, second, and third dimensions if you want to think of it that way. But the spiritual world is not far away from us. In fact, it's very, very close to us. It's just hidden behind a veil of dimensions. So... A lot of people who have dabbled in the occult and had their third eye opened, as they say, um, had that veil torn open so they can e easily see into the second dimension. 
They see the world of spirits that we can't usually see. Thank the Lord, because um, for most people, that would be pretty hard to handle. And just go about your normal day, and you're seeing spirits as well as regular people walking around. I don't know, but I'll pass on that unless the Lord wants me to have it, which in that case, I would gladly have that gift, which um, I think the Holy Spirit can give us the gift of discernment, which is one of the gifts of the Spirit, without us having to see these ugly monsters and these frightful things. But sometimes it's very useful when people are demonized or possessed and they need someone to discern, okay, exactly what they have. Some people were given that gift. I think Dr. Pat Holliday, who recently went home with the Lord, had that gift. And she could see spirits in and on people. Um, now that brings me, that's a good place to bring this in. When someone is demonized, you could say that the demons are on them. And I have likened this before to a ship where as we go through our lives, we're like ships in the sea, right? And we're going along our journey, but we pick up the barnacles on the underneath side. You can't see them, but they're there. And we get, we pull into a port and uh, boy, our, it, after a while, you get so many barnacles and things stuck on the bottom of the boat that it really impedes your walk. It, it impedes your journey, the flow of the ship through the water. And that has to be taken out and scraped off. Well, in deliverance, that's what we do. We scrape the barnacles off the boat. It is not an insult to you that as you went through your life, you picked up demons. Demons attach themselves to the outside of us. They're not possessing us. It's not an insult to you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person any worse than anyone else. We're all sinners. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, it says in God's word. So, um, yes, there may be some people who have gone further into sin than some others, but we've all fallen short of God's mark. So we're all sinners. We're all in the same category that way, in meaning that we have no, we're not automatically saved and going to heaven. I don't care how good a person you are, how many good works you do, how much you say, um, but I'm a good person. I don't do this and that. I don't kill people. I don't steal. I try to be nice to people. I try to do my best. My good works outweigh my bad works. No, in God's eyes and by God's word, that's the th People make that mistake of using their own measuring stick to say, okay, I deserve heaven because I'm a good person. I'm basically a good person. And how many people have you heard say that? I've heard many people say that. Um, that's not God's measuring stick and it's God's heaven. <laughs> and he says clearly in his word, he views all of us as sinners because we none have hit the mark of being perfect from beginning to end in every detail in every category of life no one has measured up we all we are all sinners ever since adam and eve sinned we've all had that proclivity to sin and we all do sin and um 
God's standard is very, very high. There, It pops into my head, even Bill Weiss points out, the word says, even if you've had one foolish thought, that is a sinful thing in God's eyes. It's uh, We have to get a new viewpoint of sin and a new viewpoint of being demonized. We pick up barnacles on our boat and we all have that proclivity to fall short of God's perfection. So we need a savior. Even Mary called Jesus her son, her savior she needed a savior it is a wrong teaching and a wrong doctrine to say that she was born without sin she was not born without sin she was born without corrupted dna and that's what is true about her her line of ancestry was pure it was not corrupted it she came down in a pure line um through Adam and Eve, down to uh, Noah, and then down to, um, she was chosen for, to bear the Savior um, into this world, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. She conceived Jesus supernaturally and found herself pregnant by no man, but only by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was fully God. And fully human at the same time and this was predetermined from the from before the foundations of the world God had already planned to provide a savior this is all found in scripture and it's really important for us to know our Bibles and know what God teaches because Satan wants to hide all this from you and make you think things that aren't true things that you've heard from other people, a lot of it's just not true. It's not according to scripture. And the scripture's right there. We all have a copy of the Bible or have access to one here in America. It's not hard to get one. Thank the Lord. And it's all in there. Pick one up and read it. And now I want to get back on track. Um, so it is not an insult to need deliverance. What it is, it's very freeing. It's very blessing. Oh, it gives you a whole new lease on life. When you get all those barnacles cut off the bottom of your boat, you're going to feel like a brand new speedboat. And that's exactly, exactly how it feels. Because I've, because of the lack of deliverance ministers in this world today, and I'm sure that's the plan of the enemy to make them very scarce. They are very scarce. The ones who know what they're doing and that are filled with the Spirit and anointed for this work, they're very, very few and far between. And they tend to be very overworked and overwhelmed. Their lists of people waiting to talk to them are miles long. And it's really, I pray, Lord, right now that you raise up more true deliverance ministers that can help people, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, um, help me to, to speak this uh, message as you would have me do. Father, um, so right now, let's continue. Um, we need more true deliverance miracles. <laughs> miracles, for sure, and ministers. So, um, yes, I did self-deliverance on myself, and that's why I teach it. And I probably should go over do another podcast on self-deliverance, because 
a lot of us aren't even going to be able to get to a deliverance ministry or a church that does it. And then once you get there, you have to make sure that they know what they're doing and that they are really anointed for the work. You don't want someone delivering you in their flesh and that they still have sin in their life. Uh, the minister, the deliverance minister, doesn't have to be uh, uh, someone who's be above human, but they do have to be someone who's repented of all their known sin and they have to be walking as holy and pure and close to God as they humanly possibly can. And they have to be submitted to the Holy Spirit and love the Lord, know the word of God. So that's why it's so hard to find one today because I don't, it's, they're few and far between. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about today is God's plan of salvation and be stay tuned because this is fascinating and you and I are going to learn about how to be saved born again and get a brand new life all in time for Christmas and the new year coming and anytime you are saved and born again is a brand new beginning and a brand new life in Christ so I'm looking at the writings of Derek Prince he says sin is an attitude. It's a rebel attitude inside each one of us. Oh, yeah, I can identify with that. Even the rebellious spirit still pops up in me sometimes. It rebels against God. Sin turns, in, turns into outward acts that create distance between us and God. We're all sinners in this way. We all have that rebellious streak. Our sinful lives rob God of his glory that he wants and deserves in our lives. Sin has three results or penalties to us. This will happen to us because we are all sinners. The, the Bible says we're all in this category. The death inside, our spirit is dead, dead to God. The death of our bodies, our bodies, physical bodies die, become sick and die. A lot of it is caused by the, uh, the sin in our lives supernaturally. And thirdly, being locked up and tortured in a dark place away from God forever, that is hell. That's the result, the ultimate result of sin will bring us to this dark place away from God forever. And we will be tortured there if we do not take the Savior's free gift of eternal life. He already took that torture in that dark place for us so that we don't have to go there and and that doesn't have to happen to us but if we rebel and, re and reject his free gift of salvation being saved from that that's what salvation means then what are we saved from we are saved from hell this dark place of torture away from god forever and ever and ever there is no end jesus came to save us from our sins Jesus himself never sinned, but he took our sins upon himself. He died in our place and he rose again from the dead. Jesus did this so that we might be forgiven and live forever with him. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. So that is a kind of a background you have to know to be saved. And then um, this is the next step. 
God offers us salvation, which is saving. Just like if you fell in the water out of a boat and somebody tossed, tossed you a, hand, uh, a float or they reached out their hand, they're offering to save you. That's what God does. He offers to save us through our faith in Jesus Christ, his son. We are saved. What are we saved from again? Hell, damnation, eternal separation, and unimaginable suffering. Through our faith in Jesus and not through, hear this, not through any religion or any good works that we do. None of our good works will save us. None. And no religion or religious affiliation or membership in a church, none of that saves. Okay? Only faith in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. To accept God's offer of this salvation, we must do these four things. Admit our sin openly and repent of it. Say, yes, I am a sinner. I can tell that I've been rebellious. I've done things in my life that don't match up to God's perfect standard. And Lord, I repent of it. I turn away from it and agree with you about it, that it is sin and I don't want to do it anymore. I hate what you hate. I hate my sin, Lord, before you. Number two, believe that Jesus died for each of us and rose again. Jesus would have died just for you to save you. He loves each, each of us on an individual, personal basis. Number three, receive the risen Christ by faith as our own personal savior. Personal is the key word. He loves you on a one-to-one, personal, individual, intimate basis. And number four, publicly share and confess him as your Lord. Speak up and tell others that Jesus is Lord and that he is your Lord. Now, here's what happens when we receive Jesus this way. He comes to live forever in our hearts, forever and ever. He will dwell inside you now. Secondly, he gives us eternal life with him forever. We are already translated into the heavenly realms to be seated with Christ in a supernatural way. We already have that eternal life from the minute we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Thirdly, he gives us power to lead this life of righteousness now. We will have power and dominion over sin in our lives. It will still be temptations, struggles, but now we have the possibility to be victorious over it because we're connected to his divine strength and victory. And and he gives us victory over all sin in our lives. And just as we dwell in him, and walk in him and lean on him. He will give us this victory. I've seen it in my own life. And it is true, true, true. Lord, we just um, praise you now for this beautiful salvation. In Jesus name. So what I want to do now is lead you in it. If you are um, leaning towards accepting this true and beautiful salvation i just want to lead you in a prayer now this prayer is coming right from me from my spirit and lord just follow me in this prayer okay father god lord jesus christ and holy spirit my lord and my god i bow my head before you 
and admit that I am a sinner. I, I've fallen short of your mark of perfection, Lord, as a human being. And I thank you that you've provided a Savior that took all my sin upon himself on the cross. Jesus, you took my sin, my own sins. The time I did that, the time I did this, all those ugly thoughts, the time I hated people, the times I disliked people. The list is so long, God. You took it all on the cross for me, Jesus, personally. And I thank you for that. And now, by faith, I receive your gift of eternal life and saving salvation from the penalties and results of sin in my life. I reject and renounce my sin. I hate my sin. I hate what you hate, Lord Jesus. I love what you love. And I accept your free gift of salvation now in the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Father God, I accept your son as my savior. Lord Jesus, be my savior. Dwell within my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now. Seal me unto you for the rest of eternity. This is my turning point. This is the point at which I become saved and born again. And I'm going to heaven now because of what you did for me, Jesus, and not any good works that I could ever do and not being affiliated with any certain church or group or organization. No, none of that matters. All that matters, Lord, is what you did for me on the cross. You bled and died for me and your blood cleanses me from all my sin and I receive it now and I accept it now and I love you Lord help me to get to know you I receive your Holy Spirit sealing Holy Spirit come and dwell within me now I'm your child now by faith I receive that I receive that I'm part of your eternal family Lord God thank you Father God thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit thank you Lord for your your incomparable gift your unimaginable gift, your beautiful gift of salvation, healing, deliverance, and a new life in Christ. Old things are passed away now. All things are now become new and all by faith, Jesus. Amen. And Lord, if you have prayed that prayer with me and agreed with it, then you are now born again, saved, sealed against uh, the enemy, you belong to Christ now. You have his authority now to conquer this, to sin, this sin in your life and the enemy in your life by the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. If you, if you ever become attacked or feel the enemies coming against you, use Jesus name in Jesus name. I bind you, break your power and cast you out away from me. Satan, get out. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, Jesus bind you, Jesus rebuke you, Jesus render you powerless over my life. In Jesus' name, so be it. And we'll do more about the spiritual warfare side. In an, again, we'll go over that again in an upcoming podcast. And right now we rejoice, rejoice with all of you who've prayed with me today. You are now a born again child of the living God. And he is alive. And you're going to find that out as you begin to walk with him, learn about him, start reading 
your Bible and try to get a new King James. Um, and uh, I also like the Amplified Bible, which will be easy for brand new beginners uh, and brand new Christians to really get what the meat and meaning of the word and start reading your Bible in the New Testament, in the book of John. Read that whole book to begin with. And um, welcome to the family of God, everyone who just prayed with me. The angels, the scripture says the angels are rejoicing now over you, over you right now. In Jesus' name, there's a party going on in heaven because all the suffering and all the, the blood Jesus shed is not being lost on you, but it's being totally activated and fulfilled in you now. And you are a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Don't walk by faith. Walk by faith. I don't want to say don't walk by faith. I'm meaning to say don't walk by sight and what you see, but keep affirming old things are passed away. All things are become new. I belong to Christ now. Talk to him every day. Just talk to him like a regular person. You don't have to use any flowery language. And um, talk to him and read his word every day as much as you can. I, If you are a big phone, cell phone user, I recommend the Takarta Bible app. Every day they'll give you a little devotional and they'll give you a Bible verse of the day. Sometimes if when life gets so hectic, that's all you have time to do. Read that verse. Read the devotional if you can. And um, just begin to soak yourself into God's word and learn, learn, learn everything you can. And um, God bless you. And let me know if you have uh, prayed with me and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can write to me, um, Jules, J-U-L-E-S dot spirit with us at gmail.com. You can always reach me that way. And uh, God bless you. And until the next podcast, have a blessed day.